This is Ken Lubin, the host and founder of the Executive Athletes Podcast, and welcome to this week's episode. I want to thank everyone that's been listening, and thank you for the comments and feedback. They're awesome and an incredible help in this journey to making the podcast better and better each episode. Once again, this is unscripted and unedited, as I believe it's the best way to get to really know the guest. This week's guest is Eric Gelber, and I'll read a little bit of his bio. And you know, for the past ten plus years, Eric has been an EVP um, in the commercial real estate business for CBRE. Actually, I think he's been there for about twenty-five years. But he's run more than four marathons, twenty ultra marathons, and three unofficial runs exceeding one hundred and fifty-five miles, each all for a cause that he believes in. In twenty seventeen, he completed a two hundred mile run. 33 times around Central Park after two previous attempts. And he has raised over $1.3 million for the Multiple Myeloma Foundation and is among the heroes of Fortune 500. To say he's a badass is an understatement. He is selfless, determined, and a true hero who's willing to give more than anyone else. So Eric, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks, Ken. I appreciate that. That was uh, quite an intro. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but you are a total badass. But how did you get into, you know, running these distances? Tell us a little bit about what inspired you. Sure. Um, I mean, it, it goes back uh, to 2006. And, uh, you know, as you said, I, I I do all this to raise money for the Multiple Myeloma Research Foundation. And there was a family friend of ours uh, who was uh, battling this disease, multiple myeloma, which is a rare uh, blood cancer that has no cure. And uh, I found out that, you know, you could run uh, the New York City Marathon and uh, do it for charity. So I went and signed up and decided to run that, uh, you know, in her honor um, and raised, uh, you know, a few thousand dollars that that first year. I think it was like five grand or something. And um, when I was done with the race, I gave her my medal. And, uh, you know, she would wear it in uh, her chemo treatments and just tell me how much that meant to her. And she even she used to say, uh, you know, when when you run, Eric, I can feel the medicine going straight into my veins. So, you know, when when you do something for somebody and they express their gratitude in such a way, you know, it just I just wanted to keep doing more. Um, so I just, I kept running different races and, and found out about ultra marathons and, you know, just sort of slowly started ramping my way up, uh, on the distances. And, you know, it was interesting. I found as I ran further, people tended to give more. So, you know, I guess if we just kind of fast forward through some of the races to this uh, solo event that I did, um, we called it the Catskill 155, uh, which was, uh, I think about four years after I started running and uh, we, um, we raised about 60 grand, I think that year, I can't remember, but something like that. And, you know, this run was, we ran literally through the middle of nowhere. I ran from a friend's house um, up in upstate New York and ended at my parents' house. And, you know, when I got to the end of that run, there were I don't know, 50 or 60 people standing there. There was a local reporter. We had raised, you know, a ton of money. And I was kind of like, wow, this is like, imagine if we found like somewhere to do this central um, where there's a lot of people and a lot of eyes. And that's how we came up with the idea for that 
that Central Park run that you mentioned. Wow, that's amazing. <laughs> to do 155 miles like that. And, had, you know, how do you train for these long distances? You know, and still have a day job, right? You know, I think that's like the yeah. money question. Everyone yeah. always wonders. Besides yeah, being a little uh, crazy. And, you know, I answer. Yeah, maybe a little bit. <laughs> but I, it's, it's a compliment. So, um, yeah, I mean, the training is definitely, you know, the, the hard part. And it, it's like you said, it's not just putting in the time, but when do you find the time or make the time? Um, and, you know, everyone's different, right? And for me, I just know that I have to get up and get it done first thing. Um, if I wait till the end of the day, it's, it's not going to happen. I have too many other things. First of all, I work all day and then I come home. I want to be with my family. You know, I want to sit down and have a beer and watch TV. You know, I just want to chill out. Um, so I just get up very early in the morning and, uh, you know, so during the week, my, my routine is I'm usually up at four thirty, Um, and I try to get about two hours of, you know, exercise in, um, during the week. And then, uh, when I was, you know, doing all the ultras, uh, my, my weekends would usually entail two long runs. And at the peak, it might be, you know, six hours on Saturday and six hours on Sunday. So I would actually get up earlier in the mornings on the weekends. I'd get up at three or three 30 so that I could get home. You know, by the time I got home, everybody was up until nine, nine thirty, And then I could spend the weekends, you know, with my family. So, uh, yeah, just, you just got to squeeze it all in. No, that was when my kids were little, that's what I would do everything right from like four o'clock on in the morning. And like you said, on the weekends, it's mm -hmm. almost earlier because you want to go longer, right? That's the only way you can really pull that type of stuff off to do the events you want to yeah. do. Exactly. exactly. And that's the key. Yeah. I think so when you go, you know, as of right now, you're doing a couple hours in the morning. Is it cross training? Is it just running? Describe a little bit about that. Yeah, I mean, since uh, since the last run um, in the Central Park, um, which is about two and a half years ago now, it was in, um, oh wait, it's almost three years ago, it was in 20, 2016. Um, I've just, the injuries honestly have just piled up. Um, so I've kind of changed my routine. I'm, I'm not running nearly as much, not doing the ultras, um, but I still get up and, and get in my, you know, hopefully a couple hours, hour and a half, two hours in the morning. And it's just tons of cross training now, some running, but it's incorporated into just more of a, I don't want to say it's all CrossFit. It's sort of some, I'll say CrossFit based training, a lot of body weight stuff, strength training, but I try to do it all in a way that um, keeps my heart rate up. So it's all like super setting, you know, no rest. I don't like do a set of 10 and then sit there. It's a set of 10 then a different exercise and a different one. And just try to roll every morning up into, you know, some sort of a workout that makes sense. Um, but it's been fun. I gotta tell you, I love, I love, you know, it's a new challenge to try to do some other, other things besides just run. And um, I think overall I'm actually in uh, much better physical, you know, shape than I was when I was almost purely running. Do your aches and pains go away that you have more muscle? I know that happens for me when I'm lifting more or focusing more on strength. It's like, oh, your muscles actually can support your body. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I mean, I haven't run really long. So I, it'll be interesting if I can get back to that to see 
how my body reacts. But just in general, I mean, I definitely feel better. You know, I mean, like you said, you're supported, right? My core is a lot stronger. My back is stronger. It's not just legs, you know, and where a lot of my problems have come in over the last couple of years has been disc stuff, hips, um, knees, you know. So, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I definitely feel better, but I, I want to get back to running hopefully one of these days and we'll, we'll see how that translates. That's a lot. Also, Go for 15 it. pounds heavier. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the difference. It's muscle, right? but you know, still. <laughs> yep. No, it's well, it's different. Your body changes, around. right? Your body totally changes when you go from one to the other. It's, uh, it's amazing. But I, you know, I've noticed as I've gotten older that having, you know, even though I'm a little bit heavier, it makes a big difference with strength wise, just, you know, to feel better, to go longer and almost go harder. And I think one thing you will notice if you get back into it is, you know, it will, like you said, you, you you may feel a little bit heavier, but overall you feel stronger. You'll probably actually go a little bit faster than you did before. It's one thing I've played with for years and years and you, you do notice it. And when you don't do what you're doing, like you said, you're doing the strength training and all of a sudden you just start running. It's like, Oh my God, well, how much, because it's amazing how quickly you can lo- lose that strength. Yeah. So that's interesting. So you find that even though you put on these, you know, extra pounds that you're running got better. It did. Yes. Yep. Because I think, you know, you're building that muscular endurance and the workouts I think that you're doing cross go very well to, you know, go to running and try to, uh, you know, and try to do both. You know, sometimes I'll do a, what I'll do is I'll do a CrossFit workout and then go for a run or a ride in the afternoon. sort of that type of stuff. Mm -hmm. It sort of breaks it up. Um, number one and number two, um, you know, I sort of get, I get bored after doing one thing <laughs> for so long. So it yeah. forces me to yeah. break it up, right? If I'm just doing CrossFit or if I'm just riding my bike or just running, you know, I got to do something else and then just sort of, you know, throw the kink in the chain where in the past I used to be like, I'm just riding my bike. Right. And then you lose all your strength and everything mm-hmm. else. But then you're like, Oh, I want to go lift. So you go lift for like, you know, right. an hour and then you can't walk for the next four weeks because you, you know, you just like ripped every muscle, you know, and starting all over again. Right. So, right. Yeah, it's no. funny. I love, and you know, one of my favorite things these days is I go to the local high school uh, for my morning workouts, you know, one, maybe two days a week. And I, I love putting together a workout out there. I'll bring a couple toys from, you know, a little gym that I built in my garage. And you can just bring out like a medicine ball and a kettlebell, you know, and a couple of resistance bands and put this series of exercises together and, you know, run around the track in between as almost like an active rest. And, uh, and you get to do it in the morning when the sun's coming up. And that's one of my favorite, favorite workouts these days. No, that's a peaceful time. That's definitely a peaceful time. So when you were running, when you're doing these long ultra races, you know, which one, you know, going 200 miles in central park, talk to us a bit about that. There's 33 times around the park. How do you, and you know sort of how do you keep yourself from going crazy i think you know physically it's hard but mentally it's probably more hard or you know what are your thoughts on that uh, look the the mental aspect of ultra running um that uh, to me that's the whole thing i mean obviously there's the the training and the physical part but the the mental you know the mental toughness i guess or the desire to continue to suffer, you know, if you want to call it that, it sounds kind of crazy. 
but you know, you got to just really want to keep going. You got to understand that, you know, these things are going to happen, you know, like, I mean, I'll start the last time I started the run, you know, I mean, I know it's going to take me a couple of days, but I'm literally like three miles in and it's like, what did I just get myself into that mile three, you know, I still got 197 to go and I'm already like, Oh, this is going to be awful. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's just, I don't know how to explain in, you know, the, what it takes. I just feel like sometimes you kind of have this thing that motivates you. Um, you know, I guess there's a bunch of things with me, right? One is I'm doing it for all these other people. So, you know, there's, I, I think, I think we talked about, so there was a documentary that was done about this run and, um, you know, there's this one, uh, scene that always resonates with me where, and I'm out of my mind delirious. I'm it's on the almost the third day, right? I'm two plus days in, I think I'm probably around 170 or 80 miles. And I think someone had asked me like, you know, what's going on in your mind. And I kept talking about the fact that, you know, I keep thinking about quitting. Um, but all these people keep coming up to me and thanking me for what I'm doing. So I kind of got myself into my own mess here, right? Like I put myself in the situation. I have all these people that are coming out and thanking me. I don't want to let them down. So I, I got to keep going. Um, so a lot of it might be me, but it's all these other people, you know, that come out to support and help. And, um, yeah. It's a wild experience. No, I, was, I read this morning the best way to, you know, to uh, complete something is have someone chasing you with a drum from behind. It's, and that's what they're <laughs> saying, you know, that marathoners do, right? When they make the corner into Boylston Street or the last two or three miles, right. you know, even the elite people even, right? They're, they want to quit just as bad as anyone else. They've been going hard for sure. two hours and that's yeah, really what hours. keeps them motivated is is that energy, right? It's that energy that's behind them. That's, you know, the, the, the people behind yeah. them, you know, that are throwing it out there and giving them that energy to go forward. Yeah. And I think what's really important to understand about ultra marathons, um, I don't know anybody that truly does them alone. And when I say that, like I may be the only one actually running the entire, you know, 200 miles, but there's a, there's an entire team of people like actually supporting me. Like they have jobs, you know, my wife runs our entire crew um, you know, and they're out there making sure that I'm eating, drinking, resting if I need to, you know, taking care of, you know, whatever, if I've got blisters and I need help dealing with that, um, and, and obviously keeping me motivated. So there's actually a team of people, um, friends, family that come out, uh, and then there's just sort of the randomness of just some person who happened to be in town showing up in Central Park to, you know, just come shake my hand and say thanks. And all of that is necessary. Talk to us a bit about, you know, your food and your nutrition when you do this. Is it mostly real food and real food being not prepackaged athletic food? Or yeah. is it, you know, goos and gels and bars and that type of stuff? I know for myself, it's pure, it's regular food. Yeah. So, and for me, it was a process to kind of get to where I got a lot of experimenting 
a lot of, you know, reading, talking to people. Um, when I first started doing these, I kind of went with probably is a more traditional route, which is going with the prepackaged powders and gels and kind of figuring out the one that works. Um, but after a bunch of races, just doing that, um, I really, it just really got to my, uh, stomach, you know, and just, I never felt great. Um, there was a buddy of mine, uh, Tony, who, uh, one year we were both out doing bad water and he was eating salami. And I'm kind of like, dude, <laughs> you know, you're eating salami. Like, how's that possible? Um, so I decided to try that and I had already sort of moved into some foods. I was eating like fruit, especially I love cantaloupe. Um, but I think the meat, you know, eating salami, salty, maybe something with the fat, you know, just really helped everything related to my stomach. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I still have a powder that I would use just to keep a steady flow of calories. But pretty much every every loop that I came around in the park, I would have a couple pieces of cantaloupe. And that was more just, I love that fruit. It was just sort of a reward. And like one or two slices of salami. And that's that's all I ate for you know, two and a half days. It's crazy, you know, the things that you crave when you're doing that stuff. We were doing, you know, the same thing, some adventure races and my buddy would buy... He would buy, yeah, salami sticks or sausage sticks mm -hmm. and, and cheese sticks, right? And it's like, right. you think, how is this going to last in your bin or your box for three days? But you know what? We haven't gotten sick yet. <laughs> so it's still, right. <laughs> it's still going, but it gives you that boost. And then it sort of gives you a mental boost. It like sort of brings you back to reality. Like, huh, this is what real food tastes like. Um, well, that's the thing. Sometimes you just need, right, just... The, the smallest thing that can kind of bring you from whatever state of disarray you may be in, right? Whether it's you're just completely delirious or you're in pain, you know, exhausted, depressed, whatever it is. If you have one thing, you know, when I, I this is one of my favorite stories, actually. It's a, it's a little ridiculous, but when we were doing the Catskill 155 race that I mentioned, I was in a really bad place. And uh, we were taking a break and my friend Tony, who I mentioned before, comes over and hands me a cup and I look in it I'm like, what's this? He's like, it's a beer. I'm like, dude, I'm not, I'm not drinking that. He says, you like beer, just drink it. You know, it wasn't an entire beer. It was a couple sips. And I took it and I have to, you know, I drank it and it just, I'm like, oh, that tasted so good. You know, didn't affect me in any way, but just made me feel better and put me in a completely different mental state so well and know, those are in those events smallest thing yeah those are little wins right that are that's just sort of you know that help you that reward you for for what you're actually doing right is is really what it is yeah yeah and it can be very small you know and it's a, it's almost anything to you know just take your mind off of whatever it is you're going through and that's a big part of it right you always say you just got to keep moving forward and you may be feeling like, you know, complete crap one minute and just, you know, tell yourself instead of quitting, just, you know, go a hundred feet, right? Go to the, that next post, you know, that next light pole or whatever. And you get there and then you just keep going. And next thing you know, you kind of forgot about whatever was bothering you, you know, 20 minutes ago. 
and the and thing you're still making progress and you're you can always go one more step right if it comes down to it just one more step just one more step that's it you may not want to right <laughs> right but 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 you can you, you can. just have to make that choice yeah so when you're training for this or just sort of in life you know a lot of people ask you what's your what's your nutrition like sort of out of the race, right? Do you follow anything specific? Do you follow, you know, is it, or is it just sort of general or that type of stuff? I I am definitely not a lot of help there. Um, I just, you know, I, I, I just eat what I feel like eating. I don't really pay a whole lot of attention to it. I I love good food. Um, love beer love to have a good time. I'm not vegan or vegetarian, nothing wrong with it. It's just not nothing that ever interested me. So um, I don't really change anything that I do when I'm training. Um, so. I'm a hundred percent with you. I'm the same way. I just eat, <laughs> I eat what I eat when I'm hungry and I want a pizza or a burger yeah. or, you know, a good beer. The, the, the problem is now these, all these new micro brews are just so damn good. And they are <laughs> calorie count is is way too high, but it's like, oh my god, they're just you know they're almost addictive. So that's my uh, that's my new reward is if I if I'm gonna go hard for the day, I can have yeah. those. But yeah, that, well, and it's interesting because people and you probably you know hear this too when they realize that you're not like some health nut, right? You love to do these big adventures, these crazy things, um, but that. And I'm not saying that we don't like to be fit, but that doesn't mean you're just all about that. You know, for me, I'm just all about living life to its fullest. And for me, that includes eating what I want, drinking what I want, running what I want, right? And all of those things are just these, you know, great experiences. I have a friend of mine who I've trained with that I've raced with, who is one of the, uh, his name is Joe Decker and one of the like fittest guys in the world. He's like the got the Guinness book of world records and that type of stuff. And he machine and he, um, you know, I asked him that question because I was just curious to see. And I think a lot of athletes, you know, are like this and, He's like, you know what? No, I just, you know, I eat what I want. I'll drink wine. I'll eat, you know, you know overall I'm eating healthy. I'm not sitting there eating, you know, burgers and fries and potato fried chips, clams yeah. and potato chips 24 seven. Right. But in these, in one thing he said, all these people try to come to tell me here, try this program, try that program, try this, try that. And this, he has the best answer ever. And he goes, when you start beating me is when I'll start trying your programs. And it was like, and that sort of, you know, some people are always preaching about, I need to do this or need to do that, or you need to be doing this or need to be doing that. And that, that right there said it all for me. Um, it's, you know, when you start, when you start beating me in, you know, in this game, I'll start thinking about your program. If not, you know, my program's working pretty well. Number one, number two, the likelihood of me becoming a professional athlete at 46 is pretty minimal <laughs> so that you know <laughs> if i'm you know 10 pounds overweight or whatever and like you said you can enjoy enjoy the fruits of your living might as well enjoy it yeah and everyone is different right so just because it works for you doesn't mean it works for me and it doesn't mean i want it to right i just you know you just got to find your own way and that kind of is what it is if you enjoy it you're able to achieve whatever goals you're trying to achieve 
um, that's what you got to stick with. Now, what, one question for you, though, bad water. Talk to us a little bit about that. I don't think, you know, yeah. a lot of people might not know bad, what, what bad water is. I think everyone can envision, you know, running Central Park, but bad water is its own beast. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so bad water is, um, you know, considered, I think, by many um, to be one of the tougher, you know, continuous foot races in the world. Uh, it is 135 miles. It's in Death Valley. Uh, runs, you know, through the Mojave Desert uh, in July. So you're running, um, you know, in the hottest place in the world at the hottest time of the year. Temperatures can be, you know, 115, 120 degrees. The road surface is what people tend to forget about, and the radiant heat coming off the road can be 180. Um, and again, it's 135 miles. You have three very significant uh, mountain climbs, like all of the climbs there, there's, there's nothing where, you know, you're climbing 5,000 feet um, straight. So over what could be, you know, 12 miles, uh, 18 mile climbs, things like that. Um, it's very intense. Um, you know, a lot of the heat is the, is the big, certainly the big issue there. But uh, yeah, I've done that race twice. Um, and I mean, I love it. It's an incredible place. It's beautiful. Um, and that, that is just an extremely, extremely challenging race. I still think for me though, this running 200 miles was the most challenging thing I've ever done. That's going to be amazing. You know, <laughs> bad waters. 30 and like, like you said, 33 times around central park. I had read that it closes. It's, I didn't know this. Central Park closes in the middle of the night from what one to six or something like that, or eleven to six. They do, yeah. So that it was interesting when we first started uh, planning this race, uh, a race, this run um, back in uh, 2013 was the first year we did it. I almost didn't do it because I wasn't the logistics of having this whole sort of base camp set up, and then to have to leave the park for those five hours and then come back in and where would I run? But after a lot of conversation with my team, um, we're like, we can, we can do this. Um, you know, we worked with the park, which Central Park was really awesome to work with. Um, and we, all we did was just sort of slide our gear to the other side of the street in the park. And they kind of kept us, uh, it was just, it was much easier to do with their help. Um, and what we did is we just ran around the outside of the park. Um, so slightly, you know, there were, I think probably five or six, maybe of the 33 loops were around the perimeter of the park. So running on the, you know, just running on the streets. Right. Right. Um, yeah. Just logistically, it was a, a bit of a hassle, but. Um, you know, between one and six in the morning, the streets aren't all that crowded. So it wasn't, wasn't too big a deal. And you must see some interesting beings anyways, between one and six in the morning oh, around Central Park. There's some very interesting things going on. And you, you can imagine the craziest thing, believe it. I mean, there's some wild people out, but uh, the raccoons are the craziest thing you've ever seen. Is it really? You didn't expect to see that in the middle of the city. There are raccoons everywhere they are huge and i mean they're climbing on light poles they're in the garbage cans it's uh actually that's 
we have a video somewhere. Uh, uh, one of the nights, my uh, my wife actually goes to throw a um, you know a bag out into the garbage can, and she lifts up the lid, and there's a raccoon in there that just stared right at her. So in the video, you know, you hear her screaming in the background, and she comes running back and you know jumps on her friend's lap, and <laughs> it's funny. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure. Now that's a. Uh... I did a bike race once in Central Park. It started at 5.30 in the morning. And that was, you know, so you're yeah. getting there, getting prepared at like 4.30 or 3.30. And it was one of my first times being in the city in the mid-90s. And it was a very interesting time. I remember this, you know, someone jumping up and down on the hood of a police car, which I had never seen before in my entire life with two cops just sitting inside <laughs> watching it. I was like, huh, interested. They're like, I've never seen yeah. that before. So... It's a, uh, it's, it is a little bit of craziness, but like I say, in the, the exploration of it had to be amazing. Yeah, no, it's amazing. Central Park is an incredible, you know, oasis, you know, in the middle of a, of a great city. And, um, you know, it was really just a spectacular place to have our event. So nice work. Nice. So what's next on the calendar? What, what are you doing next? Well, so, you know, we decided, um, about, uh, two years ago, um, that we were going to try to sort of transform, you know, what we were doing a little bit, um, for, you know, for a host of reasons. I mean, it's just it, obviously physically it takes its toll, um, mentally, it's just a lot to keep doing, uh, what I was doing and, and not just physically, but, you know, emotionally and, um, it's just a lot to, to kind of carry around with these big events every year, um, where I'm sort of this, focal point, you know? Um, so we decided to create a race. Uh, it's in New York city on Randall's Island. Uh, it's called the journey towards a cure and it's a, uh, 12 hour, uh, endurance run, but it's primarily a relay. Um, so, you know, you can sign up with a team of, you know, two people up to 10 people if you want it, um, to run this four mile course on Randall's Island. It's a beautiful waterfront course. Um, and uh, it's October 5th uh, this year, Saturday, October 5th. Um, and I think, you know, it's a really, first of all, it's, it's just a, it's a great event. We have live music playing all afternoon. Uh, we'll have four uh, live bands. We have a beer garden, food. Um, you know, it's just a great way uh, for people to, you know, come together for a great cause. Uh, celebrate life together, uh, you know, get in a great run. And, you know, if you want to, if you want to uh, uh, do it solo and, you know, get a even more of a taste of what it's like to, you know, try to run as far as you can, um, you can do that too. But uh, we're really excited. This will be our second year. Uh, last year we had 130 runners. Uh, this year we're expecting to have over 200. And, uh, you know, continue to raise money for the Multiple Myeloma Research Foundation. Um, so, again, it's October 5th. Uh, the website, uh, for anyone who wants to check it out, is thejourneyrun.com. And, uh, yeah, October 5th. So that, that's kind of what's next. It's, it's not uh, uh, no ultras on the horizon for me right now, but uh, still continuing to focus on the cause. Awesome. 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 And then where can they find you personally? Are you, you're on LinkedIn, you're on Instagram and, and those as well, correct? 
Yep. I mean, all the, uh, you know, social, all the social media, um, outlets I'm on. It's, uh, so anything related to, you know, running and the event and all of that is, uh, um, just a mile to go. And that's on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And, um, you know, Eric Gelber, I that's my personal account, but, um, I'm not as active on that. Perfect. Um, yeah. So if anybody wants to check it out and I try to post, you know, my workouts every day and, you know, hopefully people find something interesting or, uh, motivating and, you know, what I'm doing. And, you know, that's why I do this, just trying to help other people. And you're doing a good job. Just keep inspiring and keep going. So Eric, it was awesome to have you. This was great. It was a pleasure. So I really appreciate you being on here. Uh, I appreciate it, Ken, and uh, I hope you'll uh, come out to our run this year. Definitely. I'll, t- I'll take a look at it. Right. I'll take a look at it. And That's if anyone has any questions, comments, feedback, concerns, or wants to get more information on the event, feel free to reach out to me at com. But keep on going. Have a great week.